You are Locked On Raiders, your daily Oakland Raiders podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. He wears a hooded sash. With a silver hat about his head. And a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country. A villain, big and bold. Trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What up, Raider Nation? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast on this Thursday, May the 2nd, 2019. Your boy Q here, as always, on Twitter. You know you can find me at your boy Q254. And on today's show, I expected to have just a Chris Plank interview, a real lengthy interview with my man Chris Plank. He does radio up in Oklahoma for Soonersports.com. He also does Fox Sports Radio. He's been on this podcast before, talking all things Raiders, and he loves to talk Raiders. Uh, he's been on here, like I said before, he does a really, really good job, and I was going to have him on today's episode. Sometimes a really good plan turns out to be not the greatest plan. And what I say that for is because instead of having him on the show today, I got some news and notes that I want to get to, and I got some calls that I want to get to, and this is why. The interview with Chris Plank was amazing and awesome. So I'm going to tell you right now, it will be for sure, no doubt about it, on Friday's show. So we'll just end the week on a really good high note with Chris Plank. He'll lead you into the weekend, and that'll be fine. He won't mind. It's all good stuff. Like I said, I got the interview already done. It's a wrap. Finito. I could have it right now and put it on the show, but instead, I'm going to hold off and put it on Friday's show because I feel like the news and the notes that came out really on Wednesday, really right before I even dropped the podcast for Wednesday's show, I feel like the news and notes that came out on, on Wednesday were kind of more important than the interview itself, if, if you know what I mean. So coming up on today's show, what I plan on doing, segment number three, I'm going to have all your calls. I probably have like eight or nine calls I'm going to get to, maybe even ten of them. Got about ten calls I'm going to get to off that uh, Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. You know the number, 707-654-4693. That'll be in segment number three. Segment number two, uh, I'm going to continue my conversation with the national media and how they're starting to show the Raiders love. And if you remember correctly, on Wednesday's show, I said the minute that – you know, the, the Colin Cowherds of the world start giving the Raiders some love, and specifically Colin Cowherd, when he gives the Raiders some love, then all of a sudden we're cooking with grease, and it's, it's, uh, it's on Friday when it's all-you-can-eat catfish. And I didn't mean like that means that the Raiders are going to be good because national guys are validating them. I'm just saying that it's funny how all of a sudden everyone's talking highly about the Raiders when just a week ago or two weeks ago they were all down in the dumps and saying that they weren't doing nothing. And you know what I mean? And we all know how the scenario goes and how people flip-flop really, really quickly. So Segment number two, uh, actually, I can't remember who brought it to my attention. Actually, I do remember who brought it to my attention. I'm lying to you, and I'm not lying to you on purpose. I'm lying to you because all of a sudden I remembered exactly where I have it. My man E. Bud, at PsychoJoe73 on, on Twitter, he actually hit me up. He said, hey, for what it's worth, I think it works. Isn't a ringing endorsement, but it's a positive statement from Colin Cowherd. And uh, he was talking about what I mentioned on the show on Wednesday. So he brought that to my attention. And so I realized that that's something that was said from Colin Cowherd. So I went and did a little bit of research and started digging for it and found 
Colin Cowherd and Bucky Brooks. And I know that Bucky Brooks is not a big fan or or Raider Nation is not a big fan of his. I'm not either, but those two guys were talking on the on the herd on Colin Cowherd's show, and they were talking about the Raiders. And it was only like a two, two and a half minute clip, but I'm gonna play that for you in segment number two, and then I'll talk about that again, uh national media uh showing the love, and then I'll I'll even talk about in specific what these guys were talking about. So that's gonna be in segment number two. But segment number one is gonna be the real news and notes from the day. You know I like to do that. I like to call it the house cleaning or housekeeping that I like to do. Before I even uploaded my uh, my podcast from Wednesday onto Twitter, before I had even really uh, 100% released it, it was already done, put together and everything. It was all good to go. I just hadn't uploaded it yet and released it. The news had already dropped about running back Isaiah Crowell tearing his Achilles. And at first, Adam Schefter said Monday, but then he came back and said, no, it actually happened on Tuesday. So he actually did that on Tuesday, tore his Achilles, Obviously, we know that that's a season-ending injury, and before he ever gets his career started with the Oakland Raiders, his career with the Oakland Raiders is done. So that was kind of like, whoa, that was big news. So when I released my Wednesday podcast on Twitter, I said uh, prior to the the Isaiah Crowell tearing his Achilles news. So anyway, so instead of having Chris Plank's interview that I could have done for Thursday, I really wanted to speak on this injury to Crowell, what it means to the Raiders as a team, what it means to the running back room for the Raiders, and also what are the options now moving forward. And I think that this will be a really good conversation and just kind of throw some stuff out there and give you my thoughts on it. And then, like I said, we'll have Chris Plank's interview on Friday and head into the weekend, and uh, we'll have a lot to chew on. So, uh, yeah, Isaiah Crowell tears his Achilles at a just a, I mean, a random practice. It was just a workout. Again, it's no, it's no pads popping. It's no helmets on. It's nothing like that. It's just going through some, you know, like basically spring drills. Nothing major, and he tears his Achilles, and that's the worst, man. And that's something about football. You never know. You're one play away, and it's any time of play. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be in a game. It doesn't have to be in practice. It could be any time. You could be one play away, one snap away from being done. 26 years old. Isaiah Crowell, he already was on a one-year deal with the Raiders, so you know his career with the Raiders is probably over. But you also have to wonder about his career in general because he's not really trending in the right direction, but he's still young enough to, to basically come back from him. Mean, he's 26. It's going to take him a full year to recover. He'll be 27, pushing on 28. You know, it's kind of the, 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 you know, the later age for a running back, but we'll see what happens with his career in general. But we just know that it got finished before it got started as far as life with the Raiders. Well, what we do know from the draft, the Raiders went and got Josh Jacobs out of Alabama, the rookie out of Alabama, number 24 overall in the first round. Josh Jacobs, rookie out of Alabama, number 24 overall in the first round of the draft. Also in the running back room, Jalen Richard. Obviously, he's the smaller scat back. He was second on the team in 2018 with catches, 68 catches, 607 yards. The only person that was ahead of him as far as yards go was Jared Cook, the tight end, who is no longer with the Raiders. Now he's with the New Orleans Saints. DeAndre Washington, as far as I'm concerned, he's a guy that at one point was a fifth-round draft pick of the Raiders. I feel like he's on the roster bubble and probably won't have anything to do with the Raiders in 2019. I just don't see him making the roster. But, again, now there's a hole. So who knows? Maybe maybe he does find a way to squeak out a, a roster spot. Chris Warren the third. Last year he was a rookie out of Texas, an undrafted free agent out of Texas, and he ended up spending this, uh, the season on IR. And he was only on IR so they could stash him away. They didn't want any other team to, to pluck him up from their, their roster because they didn't want to put him on the 53-man roster. And if they had done that, put him on the practice squad, someone would have picked him up and took him to their team. So they put him on IR. Nobody was able to touch him. He's 100% healthy. Uh, he was a preseason monster. Can he make the 
Can he make the roster? Who knows? But he's going to be in for a training camp battle. So uh, Chris Warren III, he'll get an opportunity in training camp, in the preseason, to see what he could do, see if he can carve out a spot on the team. We know the bloodlines. We know his father had a nice career in the NFL. So he, he has the bloodlines. He had the skills that he showed in preseason, but, you know, there's always a lot of preseason hogs, and then when it comes time for the regular season, they kind of shrink and do nothing. You know what I mean? So uh, there, there's George Atkinson III. Remember, there's all those times when everybody in Raider Nation wanted George Atkinson III to be the guy just because, again, his name. People were in love with his name. This was my tagline I had for George Atkinson III. You're in love with his name. You're not in love with his game because his game was nothing, nothing special. It just wasn't. Again, he was good in preseason, but he was never anybody special. So Chris Warren III, I know a lot of people are high on him and think, oh, it's Chris Warren's time. He's going to be the dude. Hey, man, he's got to carve out a niche. He's got to carve out a spot on this team. Is he going to be a power back? He's not really a speedster. He is big. He was rocking the number 34, but he's not Bo Jackson. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, he, he's got a lot of, of, of proving to do. He's got a, a lot of improving to do. He was very ineffective at Texas. There was multiple reasons for that. Uh, I had Quan Cosby on the podcast a long, long time ago. Matter of fact, last preseason, talking about who Chris Warren III was and what he saw from him. And if you don't know who Quan Cosby is, he's a longtime Longhorn. Uh, I, he's, a, he's a good buddy of mine, but he was a member of the Texas Longhorns. And he's, uh, he's part of the radio broadcasting crew for the Texas Longhorns right now. So he was up close to personal with all those players over at UT and uh, yeah he said that the guy has 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 something to him he's just got to find the coach to be able to get it out of him and and Tom Herman and and Chris Warren were never able to to get on the same page and get along he got in Herman's doghouse really really early and was never effective as a player as the Longhorn but now he's in the NFL can John Gruden get what he needs out of Chris Warren so again he's got a real uphill battle to try to fight to try to even make a roster spot now there's been reports that Doug Martin has been brought back. You know, there was a report immediately from Mike Garofalo that that Doug Martin was re-signed due to the Isaiah Crowell injury. Now, remember, Isaiah Crowell was brought in because Doug Martin was asking for too much money. Clearly, he didn't get any money from anywhere else because he was still a free agent, and uh, he's been out there on the on the blocks for a while. So the report is that Doug Martin is back. I'm assuming that it's back on a very minimal deal. So he was effective in, in 2018 when he got his opportunity. Once Beast Mode went down, he had 172 carries, 723 yards, and four touchdowns, but he had three fumbles and three fumbles lost. But that was the most yards he's rushed since 2015, and that was the highest rusher for the Raiders in 2018. So again, when Doug Martin got his opportunity, I'm not trying to you know crap on Doug Martin. When he got his opportunity, he did do well. He just dropped the ball. He fumbled the ball three times, and every time he fumbled it, he lost it. So 723 yards rushing for Doug Martin, four touchdowns on 172 carries, just over four yards per carry for Doug Martin. So he did well. So he's not, you know, he's not like he's a scrub or anything, or he didn't prove himself. I remember saying many times that, hey, he's earned the, the right to come back if the Raiders want to give him an opportunity to fight it out in training camp. So he has done that. So as of right now, they're saying that he is re-signed. I don't know if it's official that he's re-signed, but... I know uh, Jerry McDonald, who's been covering the Raiders for a long, long time for the Oakland Tribune, said that that's in the plans. It hasn't; it's not 100% done yet, and it might be. It might be 100% done now, but I know earlier I saw on Twitter where he said it wasn't. And uh, you know, Beast Mode is still somewhat part of the plans. Steve Weich from uh, NFL Network he said Beast Mode, if the Raiders approached him and wanted him to return, he would do it. He would be willing to return if the Raiders wanted him back. And then I also saw a report that said the Raiders would be willing to have him back at the right price and the fact that he would have to understand that he would not be the lead back. That's going to be Josh Jacobs' role, which I'm very excited about. But that leads me to my question, and that leads me to the dilemma that the Raiders have all of a sudden. 
It's your last year in Oakland. The fans would love to see Beast Mode one more year, especially in Oakland, especially in the city of Oakland. Again, we've had our debates about Marshawn Lynch on this show many, many times. We talked about him. Some people like Akeem in Oakland would love to see him back, I'm sure. Some people aren't so high on him. Some people like me, I'm just ready to move to the next phase. That's why I'm very high on Josh Jacobs because I think he's going to be a stud for the Raiders for years to come. I'm ready to move on to the next stage. But I do understand that the Raiders need a power back, a guy who can go in and get the dirty yards. And I think Isaiah Crowell had that opportunity to do that, and now he's not going to be that guy. Is Chris Warren going to be that guy? I don't know. Jalen Rashard, to me, is not a power back. DeAndre Washington is not a power back. Doug Martin, to me, he's, I mean, he's, he could be, but he's not. You know what I mean? He's not really. I'm talking about a guy who's going to go in there and get the dirty yards. So I'm thinking a, a guy like Marshawn Lynch may just be in the cards. And think about this. This is the other part of the dilemma, and it's not even really a dilemma. It's probably the wrong word. Think about this, though, Raider Nation. Josh Jacobs, your first-round draft pick, your running back of the future, your guy that you just picked number 24, even though some people are angry about that still, whatever, that's a whole nother conversation. He's a big, big fan of Marshawn Lynch. He really, really respects Beast Mode. He plans to mold his career in the form of Marshawn Lynch. And I don't mean, you know, just being crazy and, and talking about, I'm only here so I don't get fined. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about he don't plan on spending any of his paychecks, only his endorsement checks. And he said he learned that by watching Marshawn Lynch. So, He also wants to give back to his community similar to what Marshawn Lynch does because he's from Tulsa and he's gone through a whole lot of situations. He's had a whole lot of adversity in his life and he wants to give back to his city similar to what Marshawn Lynch does for the city of Oakland. So what I'm also thinking, and I'm throwing it out there, and Raider Nation, you can respond to this if you'd like to, 707-654-4693. It might almost be smart. It really almost might be a smart idea, a smart situation to bring Marshawn Lynch back if for nothing else to try to mentor Josh Jacobs, kind of usher him into the league. You know what I mean? And that could be a, a, one-two, a one-two combo right there. And again, if, if Marshawn Lynch is willing to accept the fact that Josh Jacobs is the guy and he's kind of, he's I don't want to say his backup because I don't think Marshawn Lynch, his name being a backup, wouldn't, you know, wouldn't really fly. But, I mean, it's the one-two punch. It's a combo. They could both be starters in a sense. You know what I mean? Josh Jacobs is going to get more of the action, but just to be that guy, to be like big bruh. You know what I mean? Like It might almost make sense. Now, I'm not trying to all of a sudden just say, hey, let's bring Marshawn Lynch back because Isaiah Crow. You know, I'm not trying to advocate for that, but I'm just throwing it out there as a scenario. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you know how they say, uh, play devil's advocate? I'm just throwing it out there as a devil's advocate of why it might make a lot of sense to bring Marshawn Lynch back. That young man, Josh Jacobs from Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma, who is now a member of the Oakland Raiders, first-round draft pick out of Alabama, it might make sense. It might make sense for John Gruden and Mike Mayock to bring that that man back, Marshawn Lynch, to go ahead and and almost team up with Josh Jacobs to kind of show him the ropes, you know, get him acclimated to life in the NFL because Josh Jacobs is going to pay attention. You heard you heard the interviews I did with him in uh, in Nashville. The dude's got a great head on his shoulders. He's going to pay attention. He's going to soak it up. He's going to learn to be a pro. He's not a flashy dude. Marshawn Lynch is not flashy. You know what I mean? I mean, even Josh Jacobs said, I don't have anything, any big plans on anything I want to buy. I'm not that dude. You know what I mean? And so he, he, he can really be mentored in a major way by Marshawn Lynch, in my opinion. I think that that would be a good, a good relationship. I think that would be a really good working relationship because this young kid is not going to think that he's bigger than, than who he is. He's going to look up at Marshawn Lynch and say, you know what? I respect big bro. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the special on him on uh, on ESPN, but he uh he, he did he was uh, going back to Alabama with Mark Ingram and Mark Ingram he didn't play with him but he looks up to him because he was a a guy that came before him at Alabama. 
This is a dude that has a lot of respect, man. As You know when they always say respect your elders? He's a dude that respects his elders. And I'm not saying that like Marshawn Lynch is an old man or anything. I'm just, just saying he's one of those guys that I think would soak up a lot of the knowledge that Marshawn Lynch has. Not one of these young bucks that think that they know everything already. You know, none of these new booties that, that are out of control. Not a new booty that calls the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, but a new booty in the league that thinks that their, their mess don't stink, if you know what I'm saying. So hit me up, 707-654-4693. What are your thoughts on that? All of a sudden, the running back situation, the running back room looks a little bit different. Still got a lot of bodies there, but do you have bodies that are proven? What do you like about them? What do you not like about them? Are you satisfied with just Doug Martin? Or do you think that maybe the Raiders should bring back Doug Martin and Marshawn Lynch and let them all battle it out in training camp and the, you know, the strongest four survive? I mean, what about that scenario? I mean, th- just give me your thoughts, Raider Nation. 707-654-4693. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast. We got, got some thoughts on the national media coming up next on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Before we jump into segment number two, though, let me tell you about Zip Recruiter. That's right, ZipRecruiter. Anyone out there looking to hire somebody? I told you before, I've never gotten a job that I ever applied for, and I've never applied for a job that I ever got. ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter.com is the way to go. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, confusing review process, but today, hiring can be very, very easy, and you have one place to go to get it done. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's right, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter said your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applicants come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is very, very effective. 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. The first day. And right now, listeners to the Lockdown Raider podcast can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Segment number two is coming up next on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two on today's episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thursday, May the 2nd, 2019. Get a little bit closer to the weekend. You know what it's going to be? Single to Mile celebration, baby! That's right. Going to get my party on all weekend long. I ain't lying. I am not lying. If you know where I live, come on over and you can party with us. Just saying. Just throwing that out there. But, uh, yeah, uh, very excited, man. I'm having a fun uh, show, having a fun week, really, ever since I got back from Nashville. I know I was a little bit down and out, and uh, Monday didn't have a show, but I've uh, been having a lot of fun on the show as of uh, late, and uh, we've been doing a lot of good things on, on the podcast, and so appreciate everybody who's been chiming in. And uh, on Wednesday's show, I was talking about the national media, talking about how all of a sudden pro football talk, Mike Florio, Peter King, Chris Sims, all giving the Raiders a lot of props. It's like, what? What in the world? When does this happen? You know, Mel Kuyper talking about the Raiders going to go 10-6. and six. Todd McShay, he wasn't as high on them, but he was still, you know, giving them props and everything for what they've been doing. And for the most part, everybody, every outlet I've been seeing has been giving the Raiders a lot of props. And that's cool. I ain't got no problem with that. You know, I absolutely have no problem with that. I, I, I'd rather them give the Raiders props than them be out there talking a lot of trash about them. But it's just funny how everything changes within a couple days as uh, Mike Mayock and John Gruden navigated through the draft. And I, again, came away very impressed. Thought they did a hell of a job with the draft. Thought the Raiders came away with a bunch of good players. And so on Wednesday's show, you heard a bunch of different audio from a def- bunch of different outlets. Like I said, uh, even Mike Mayock on Rich Eisen's show. But more importantly, like Peter King on Pro Football Talk with 
with uh, Mike Florio, who is a known Raider hater, and Chris Sims, who, well, he's got a little bit of beef with John Gruden because John Gruden used to drill him all the time. But still, they gave uh, you know the Raiders a lot of props. And so I said on the show that all, all, all we as fans need now is Colin Cowherd to come out and give the Raiders some props. And, man, we're cooking with grease on a Friday when it's uh, you know, all-you-can-eat catfish day, which is one of my favorite days of the week. And lo and behold, my man E. Bud at PsychoJoe73 on Twitter. Again, that's at PsychoJoe73 on Twitter. He hits me up and says, uh, hey, for what it's worth, I think it works. Isn't a ringing endorsement, but it's a positive statement from Colin Cowherd. And uh, he's talking about how you mentioned how the tide is turning for the Raiders and the national media. And he's absolutely right. And so what I did is do a little bit of research and uh, saw what he was talking about. And actually, Bucky Brooks was on the herd, on with Colin Cowherd, and they were talking about the Raiders. And of course, I know Bucky Brooks is not a guy that a lot of Raider Nation respects, but still, he's on there. He's giving the Raiders some props and he's talking about it. And at first... Colin Cowherd in this clip that I'm about to play, he tries to get a little sideways. It tries to give a little, you know, underdig to the Raiders talking about uh, they, they uh, you know, overpaid for their their free agents and, and reached on their on their draft picks. But then it's like Bucky Brooks kind of brings them back to reality. And then all of a sudden he kind of straightened up and flies right. Anyway, here's the exchange. Here's Colin Cowherd talking and then he, he passes it off to Bucky Brooks and they go back and forth a little bit. Real quick exchange, but this is a Colin Cowherd probably giving the Raiders the most props that he ever will as far as I'm concerned. Here they are. I, I ask everybody this. I respect your opinion, number one. Secondly, I think the Raiders overpaid for their free agents and overdrafted most of their players, but they're now in-house and they're all talented. Mm-hmm. So when I look at the Raiders, I can say overpaid. New England doesn't. I can say overdrafted. The Colts don't. But they got nine dudes in they didn't have before that can play. I kind of think it all works. Yeah, I I think it works. And look, I'm going to give my former colleague Mike Mayock a lot of credit. What he is attempting to do is something that is hard. To go from the TV booth to being the general manager, the decision maker, is something that is difficult. It's easy on this side to lob opinions and critiques based on what you think of a player. It is harder to make the decision. What Mike and John Gruden did, they decided that they wanted to kind of change the culture in the locker room, meaning that they got foundational pieces. They wanted good football players who had great football character. It's not a coincidence that a lot of those players came from Clemson and Alabama. When you want to win, you go to winning programs. And more importantly, you go to guys who are captains of those teams. Now that's really interesting. Because they're the leaders of the winning program. So now when John Gruden is standing at the room and delivering the message, those guys can carry out the message and hold the teammates accountable. This is a very big thing. Years ago, I got a lot of flack because I went on the air and I said, Connor Cook played at Michigan State. And I said, how in the heck can a senior quarterback, a third-year senior quarterback, not be the captain of his team? Oh, it makes it matters. Okay, it matters, and then we, a, it and then matters we, a lot. And then stories came out. You're like, yeah, okay. That's a really good point. Chris Ballard talks about that. I want guys who led their college teams. Absolutely. It's something that we always look for. Uh, when I was scouting with Carolina, John Fox was a big believer in the captain, uh, multi-sport guys. But the captain of the team means something because he's comfortable standing in front of the team. Typically, if he's been anointed the captain and voted on by his teammates, he is the hardest worker. He is a guy that is respected for how yes. he performs on the field. And so when you're doing the makeover and you're turning over the roster, when you're the Raiders, you want those kind of guys. Winners 
know how to win. And it makes it a lot easier when you're trying to flip the switch to go, I want great guys that are outstanding workers who know how to win because they're winning to make, they're willing to make the sacrifices necessary to win games. All right, so there it was. You heard the exchange, and you heard what I was talking about. Colin Cowherd talking about they overpaid for their free agents. The Patriots wouldn't. They overdrafted. The Colts wouldn't. Like, I, I thought that first, that was totally unnecessary as far as I'm concerned. You got Bucky Brooks on there, and you just want to talk to him about what was going on. You want to get his opinion of the players. Just do that. I don't like, and this is something that I've learned as, as a guy who, who does this, who is, uh, you know, in this, in this field and, and, you know, do a radio show every day. I try not to lead the guest to believe what I believe, I, I rather hear what they believe. I rather oppose, pose a question to them where they can give their honest answer, not me lead them down my path and my thinking, unless I say, hey, this is what I think. Tell me if I'm wrong or tell me what, you know what I mean? Like there's certain ways you can you can pose the question where it's giving them an opportunity to, to give you their, their honest answer instead of, well, the Raiders overpaid for their free agents. They uh they they overdrafted, you know, like they drafted these guys too high, but whatever. You know what I'm saying? So already it plants that seed. That's one of those seed planters in the head. So Bucky Brooks is sitting there, or anybody is sitting there thinking, okay, well, they did that and they did that. And and, and even if they're not trying to do that, subconsciously that's what happens. So I try not to go down that path, but a lot of these guys do that on purpose. And I know Colin Cowherd is one of those guys who who leads you in his beliefs before he allows you to give your opinion. And I mean, sometimes that's genius for what he's trying to do. And look, he's he's carved out a hell of a niche. I don't want anyone to think that I'm t- sh- shooting slugs at him. He's he's carved out a hell of a niche. He's been doing his thing for quite a while. He was on ESPN. Uh, now he's on Fox. He has a, a, a great gig. You know, he's on TV and the radio. I mean, he's 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 doing really really well for himself. So I'm not gonna I'm not bashing him. I'm just saying what I know that a few of the tricks of the trades that he does. So you heard that in. In the clip, what he did. But then you see how Bucky Brooks said, no, what they did, it works. What they did works. And he talks about leadership and talks about all these players that the Raiders brought in were leaders, were culture changers. And why I want really to play that is because that's what we've been talking about. That's what we've been talking about on this podcast is the fact that these guys will change the culture of who the Raiders are. Winners breed winning. You know what it takes to make a team a winner? Winning players. Guys who expect to win. Guys who hate to lose more than they like to win. And I know some people will say, is that possible? Yes. Some guys, it burns more in their belly and it hates, they, they hate and can't sleep at night when they've lost more than the celebration after they win. Those are the kind of guys. Those are the culture changes that you want. Cleveland Farrell at number four, the Clemson, the Clemson DN, the guy that a lot of people say the Raiders reach for. Not me, but a lot of guys say that they reach for him. I'm perfectly fine with that. He was a guy that everybody on that Clemson defense said, that's the leader. That is the leader of our team right there. That's the kind of guy, the foundational player, the term that everyone's getting tired of hearing, that's exactly what it is. It's no, it's no mistake that Bucky Brooks is talking foundational players. It's no mistake that Peter King is talking foundational players. It's no mistake that Chris Sims. You know, All these guys are saying that because that's what it is. Daniel Jeremiah, you heard him right after the draft, right when Cleveland Farrell was picked. He said, a lot of people might think this is a reach, but it's not a reach. This is the foundational type guy that Mike Mayock wants. So this is what I'm saying, and that's why I played this. That's why I wanted to speak on it, because this is what the plan is. The, the, the foundation, again, has been laid. Now, they got to go out there and execute. 
You could do everything that you want to do in the draft and on paper and all that good stuff, and it could be awesome. Ultimately, it's up to the coaches now to to get the best out of these players and coach them up. Paul Gunther, you got some toys to work with on defense. Go get it done. John Gruden, you got more toys on offense. Go get it done. Derek Carr, you got more uh, toys uh, around you. Go get it done. I mean, it's all on them now, but they're set up in the best position. There's actually talent on the team. You're not trying to ask a guy to do something outside of his body. Some guys just can't do something. You know, there's certain guys, like you can't ask a running back to be a wide receiver. You could do that in high school. <laughs> you might be able to do that in college, but you can't do that on the NFL level. You know, you can't ask a, a, a backup running back to all of a sudden be a middle linebacker. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, these guys have to be good at what they do. They have to be the best at what they do. They have to expect to be the best and want the best out of themselves. The guys that are going to practice hard and play hard. One thing I know One thing I know, and I don't even have to be an athlete to know this, if you practice hard and you go 110% in practice, if you give everything you got in practice, once you get to the game, that's easy. That is absolutely easy. I say the same thing with my job. And and I'm not running no routes. I'm not doing anything. But my radio job, I told you guys many, many times, my show starts at 12 in the afternoon. I get to the radio station at 6.30 in the morning every single day and start going through a lot of different things and start working and start planning for the show and start plotting and doing all this other thing and start thinking and just getting in that zone. And people ask me all the time, why do you get there so early, Q? Why don't you sleep in? Man, you're getting there too early. You don't go on the air till noon. You know why? Because by the time my prep work is done, the show is easy. By the time everything I do leading up to the show is over, all I do is walk in the show and I let it rip. That's easy. That's easy. That part's easy. That's like me sitting at the bar with you talking. That's easy. It's all the stuff that leads up to it. That's how you know when you have a difference between something that's a good product and something that's just a product. Anybody could have a product, but how do you have a good product? It's all the lead up to it. It's all the build up to it. That's all the, the pre-work. That goes with any job. That goes with any job in life. Everything that you do leading up to the actual product that you're putting out there, that's the the hard part. That's the real hard part. Lawyers. Lawyers make a lot of money, right? Who does all the work? The paralegals. The paralegals do a ton of work. Don't make a ton of money, but they do a ton of work. And guess what? They provide. They provide the the information. They provide what the lawyers need. So it makes it, I'm not going to say a lawyer's job is easy, but it makes it easier on the lawyer when they got to go in there and argue their case, whether it's good or bad. They got the information because it's already been done. The groundwork has been done. Now it's just execution. Now you just got to go out and execute it. Another perfect example of this is, and I, I tell you about this all the time, when I was driving FedEx, I was driving my FedEx truck in Tulare, California. I was a young whippersnapper, not really a young whippersnapper. It wasn't that long ago, actually, about 2009, 2008, 2000, somewhere around there. Uh, I, I stopped doing that in 2010. But this is the deal. I had no idea what I was doing until someone taught me. My man, uh, Jason Jensen, he's the guy who, who taught me how to even drive a, a stick. And I, I learned how to drive a stick on a, on a FedEx truck, which probably is not safe, but that's what I did. Anyway, I became really good at this job. I was really, really good at this job. But what I'm telling you, and my point of telling you this whole story is, and you know I like to tell stories, but the whole reason I'm telling you this story is because I'm talking about preparation. My route, it was a very long route. I mean, I, I had to, one, I had to drive from Fresno to Tulare, California, which is about an hour in this big old FedEx truck. That's never fun, but whatever. You know, I had time to think and get my mind right and not worry about, like, girlfriends or whatever or kids or whatever going on. Just be able to clear my mind, get ready for the, the, the day of work. And sometimes, you know, just wander, think about sports, whatever. It didn't even matter. But this is the deal. I used to get to the, to the, uh, to the factory, not the factory, but to the building, you know, the hub, where all the packages were, where my truck was loaded. 
I would get there early so the loaders that would load it, I would help them load my truck. I would get there really early in the morning where they would start loading it, but I would get it. I'd get in there and say, hey, here, here's these packages for Walmart. I want these over here. Here's these packages for Home Depot. I want them here. Here's these packages for Target. I want them here. Here's a stop right here uh, to, Larry, to Larry Honda. You know, oh, here's the, the police station. Oh, here's this. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So, but I did it. So I, I would line it all up shelf by shelf by shelf by shelf, stop by stop by stop by stop. That was the prep work. So by the time I actually drove that hour and got to Tulare and got onto Tulare Boulevard and got, you know, got in there and, and started delivering, it was in boom, 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 boom. It was in sync. It was in order. You know, I never had to return. I never had to go backwards because I passed something. I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't have my packages or, or I forgot to deliver to this. No, because it was all lined up. When I was delivering to the hospital, all my hospital stuff was in the same area. You know what I'm saying? So it's the prep work, so it makes it easy. It makes it easy when you're prepped, when you're prepared, when you've laid the groundwork. You know what I'm saying? Everything else is easy. After delivering was cool. You know why I didn't why I didn't run from stop to stop? I didn't have to. My truck was in such good order. I just drove, chilled, I stood there and talked. Talked to a lot of women, a lot of good-looking women too, by the way. Spent a lot of time talking to some good-looking women in Tulare, California. I ain't gonna lie. Real good-looking women. Anyway, don't get me into another subject. But still, it was I was able to take my time and relax and chill while I was delivering because all the hard work was done before I ever left. That's what I'm trying to say. And that's what these guys, that's what these, that's what these players are gonna be. These are gonna be the players that go into practice and bust their tail and work so hard that by the time Sunday, Monday, Thursday night, whatever it is, comes around, they're gonna be ready to roll. They're not going to be out there thinking. A thinking man is a slow man. They're going to be out there just doing what they got to do. They're going to be delivering those packages in Tulare, California. They're going to be like me on that FedEx truck where, hey, this is smooth sailing. We know what we're going to do. Yeah, it's going to be bumps and bruises. I'm not going to say it's going to be perfect. But these are the kind of players that you want. Those are the foundational players that you want. Not guys that are money grab players, but guys that have chips on their shoulder. Guys that have things to prove. You know, even Antonio Brown, even as successful as he is and as much money as he's already made, he still lives by that. That's why he's always out there working, 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 working as hard as possible. Because he knows if he does all this work, all this prep work, by the time he actually gets into the game, that's easy. That's just going out and playing a game. That's all he has to do. Do what what comes natural. You work hard enough in practice, everything comes natural. It all comes natural to you. It's like muscle memory. That's what the Raiders have done. They've laid that down. They've allowed that to to happen. Now, obviously, through training camp, they're going to have to show that. And these guys are going to have to prove it. You know, the Cleveland Farrells, the Josh Jacobs, the, uh, the, the, the Mullins, Trayvon Mullins, uh, uh, Jonathan Abram, you know, the, all these cats, they're all going to have to prove that they're those dudes. And they will. They'll go out there and do it. But very excited with what they were able to do. Coming up in segment number three, I got calls at that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Your thoughts are next right here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. You are Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast on this Thursday. 
May the 2nd, 2019. Your boy Q here with you. And, you know, I had to change up plans a little bit. I know you were probably thinking that you're going to be hearing the Chris Plank interview that I had uh, at Plank Show on Twitter. He's a guy who does radio up in Oklahoma for Sooner Sports Radio. He's also on Fox Sports Radio nationally. Real good dude. He's been on the podcast before. I'm sure that you thought that you were going to be listening to him today. Instead, had a little bit of change of direction, a little misdirection, and that's okay. You will hear from him on Friday. Right now, though, you're going to hear calls off the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Raider Dre in L.A. Hasn't called in a while, but he's checking in now to speak on the podcast, talking about the love the Raiders are starting to get nationally and speaking on the injury to Isaiah Crowell and what that means moving forward, especially to the young guys on the team. Here's my man Raider Dre from L.A. Hey Q, this is Raider Gray in LA. It's been a while since I called, but I uh, just wanted to check in with everyone after the draft. I think we had a really great draft, and uh, just got had to pause this episode after hearing uh, Smith Raiders call on uh, the Wednesday podcast, and uh, how you said, you know, um, the, the you know success of the podcast has nothing to do with you. I just want to say first off, congratulations for all the hard work you put in. I completely uh, disagree with your point that this has nothing to do with you. I say, you know, I listen to other podcasts on the Locked On uh, Network, and you know what? There isn't the same consistency that you bring. Uh, no one has the same consistency that you bring. And you know what? Uh, you feel like it's, it truly feels like a family atmosphere on this podcast. Um, the fact that, you know, you put on so many calls, you... Uh, and you have responses to all of them, and uh, you do give us a straight talk. It's not, uh, you know, all smoke and mirrors. It's great. So I just want to say thank you to um, your consistency and energy and just the, the presence you bring to the podcast to make us all feel welcome is, uh, I feel, what's really led to the success of the podcast. And uh, it makes us all, uh, at least I'm speaking for myself, that makes me confident when I tell other people, you know, uh, you got a, you need a Raiders podcast to listen to. Go listen to, um, you know, uh, your boy Q on the Locked On uh, Raiders podcast. So, just want to say big ups to you, and uh, really proud of uh, to hear, you know, how this uh, Raider Nation community has grown and how we're uh, finally getting some some respect. You know, it always feels like uh, uh, it comes in waves with us if we make some moves and everyone wants to join the bandwagon, but. We'll see. Let's hope this stays up. Um, I'm willing to uh, bring on some, you know, true new members of Raider Nation, so let's see what we can do. Um, my main reason for my call today is I uh, saw that Isaiah Crowell um, tore his Achilles in a workout and he'll be done for the season. Um, really unfortunate news. I was excited when we signed him. Um, it sounded like a lot of uh, Raider Nation was, and then... You know, just to have this injury um, shortly after all the the excitement of the draft is just even more unfortunate. Um, you know, and I hate to go back to the schedule and everything, but with all the travel and being away from home um, and now this injury, it just makes me concerned for, you know, a lot of the young players, um, especially Josh Jacobs. Um, definitely more is going to be put on his plate. I just hope that with all these, these travel and hopefully we don't work them to death uh, to the point that, you know, uh, something bad happens. So um, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to uh, what comes forward this season. And we'll... Uh Good stuff right there. Definitely appreciate that. And next call, I believe his name is Swig Raider. He's a first-time caller, a.k.a. a new booty. 
You know, that's what I like to call him. He's calling in to talk draft. He's also talking about the haters that are out there giving the Raiders props now. Then he speaks on the Raiders running back possess- position with Isaiah Crowell going down. Here's Swig Raider. What's up, Q? This is Swig Raider calling from uh, First Time Caller. Your podcast is awesome. I've been listening to it since Mac left. I went on a, uh, you know, uh, a search to see if I could get some unbiased news on that, so I landed on here. I had heard it before, and whoever was running it before was garbage, so I've been enjoying it ever since. I do it daily. Um, you get me through the mornings, my morning dose of Raiders, which is awesome. Um, the reason why I'm calling, uh, draft was awesome, great, enjoyed the hell out of that, like every single pick. But uh, that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling because of the haters. Just listened to your uh, Tuesday pod, and you were mentioning the haters and how they were coming out of the woodwork um, not hating, which surprised the hell out of me, and I'm not going to let them forget it. So my mission is going to be to jump on all the haters' Twitter and PFT comments and everything I see. One of those usual haters saying something positive, I'm going to remind them that they were haters. I'm talking haters for no reason. You know who I'm talking about. All of them. Every last one of them. Del Rio, too. He's lumped up in that bunch. Anyway, first time caller. Um, been wanting to call for a minute, but finally doing it. Um, driving here in the rain. I figured, hell, why not? You just ran the phone number down about seven to eight times uh, on your podcast, so I figured I'd pause. There's no way I can forget it. Go ahead and dial that number. Okay, I'll be calling in again soon. Um, just looking forward to getting news on a great offseason. Um, just got some news about uh, Isaiah Crowell, and then some okay news about uh, the muscle hamster getting back in. Wondering if Marshawn's going to come back, run it back to down. Maybe Josh Jacobs will just, uh, you know, take the reins and make it happen. Anyway, thanks for doing the podcast. Take it easy. Thank you, my man. Appreciate that call. And hopefully I got your name right, Swig Raider. Uh, I appreciate you being a new booty. Do not uh, do not be a last-time caller either. Make sure you continue to call back and share your thoughts. We definitely appreciate to hear from everybody. Now, my guy, Raider 1G in the 530. He's the reason why I knew that it was going to be okay when I was at the Dallas Love Airport when I looked up and saw that sign that said, Level 1, yeah, Level 1, Bro G. Here's my guy, Raider 1G in the 530, calling in to talk about the draft, the way he's feeling about the team moving forward, and talks about some of the players by the actual names, the one he's really excited about. Raider 1G in the 530. What up, Q? What up, Raider Nation? This is Raider 1G from the 530. Hey, Q, glad to see that you made it back home safely. Hope you had a blast in uh, Nashville. But um, just want to call in today to talk about the draft real quick, and you know, I think you're right, man. This year, something feels different about this year you know it ain't like like the past years where we're picking up players and you're just pulling your hair out and you know you're not quite sure about these uh you know those past draft picks but this year it feels i don't know i, I just felt content after the draft was over you know after the seventh round was over yeah you know i you just felt good about the players that we picked up for the raiders i, mean, I can't wait for the season to start man and uh 
I also want to mention one of the undrafted free agents that we picked up, Keelan Doss from Davis, you know, not too far from where I'm at now. And hopefully, you know, he makes the team because you know, I hear that he's a stud. And I think you even mentioned him at one point, um, you know, during your podcast maybe a few weeks ago. So, you know, I think, I think you know, he's going to be a good player if uh, he can stick with the Raiders. So can't wait for the season. Uh, Josh Jacobs, man, I am excited about. I'm glad we picked him up. You know, Bama. You know, um, I love, you know, those cats coming out of Bama. You know, they just produce a lot of solid players. You know, I know some some of them were hitting this, like, uh, Ron McClain a while back, but, you know, he's a linebacker. But, you know, I think Josh Jacobs is going to be good. Keelan Flaro is going to be good. John Abrams, man, we needed a big safety like him for a long time. You know, I mean, just look at the next size on that guy. I mean, he looks like a thumper out there, someone that could just – just knock some foes out, you know, out there in the field. But, you know, hit them legally, you know. So just kind of um, want to call in and put my two cents in about the draft and how excited I am. I can't wait, man. This 2019 season, you know, I really think that we're going to go um, better than 500 this year. So that's all I got, Q. Love the podcast. Peace out, Raider Nation. Peace out, Q. Raider 1G out. Good stuff, my man. It's always good to hear from you. Now, next up. Dynamic Raider 2-6. Dynamic Raider 26. He's a brand new caller. You know what that means, Raider Nation? New booty. That's right. He's calling in to talk Cleveland Farrell and all the other guys and undrafted free agents as well. Pretty lengthy call right here from my guy, Dynamic Raider 26. Hey, Q. I'm a new caller. Um, I just wanted to get um, a call in here real quick. Um, I guess you would call me Dynamic Raider 26. Um, I had a couple of questions for you. First of all, I thought we had a really good draft. We put together um, a pretty solid roster here with all these guys that we added. But the guys that really stood out to me were the undrafted free agents because we got um, this guy, Tavon Coney. We got this guy, Keelan Doss. We got a tackle, uh, Romer, from I think he's from SDSU. And we got this quarterback, uh, Tiamu. Right? They're all – all these guys are rated – in within the top 300 players on most every guy's board, Coney and Doss both were rated up in like the 100s for most guys. Like they, Doss was like a number 12 re, uh, receiver on most dudes' list, and Coney was like the number uh, as high as the number four linebacker on some of these guys' list. So. These four dudes, and then also Cotton, uh, a guard, I think he's from, I think he's from, uh, Arkansas or Alabama or some, some like that. He's from one of the big schools, but, uh, Cotton, he was a guard. All five of those guys, they didn't get drafted, and I wanted to ask you, really, why? Do you have any intel on these guys? Can you dig up some intel on these guys and find out why Tevon Coney from, I think he's from Notre Dame, uh, Keelan Doss, I think he's from I think he's from UC Davis. Romer, I think, is from SDSU. And Tiamu, I think, was a QB at Ole Miss, which he was throwing to, like, Metcalf and, uh, and uh, you know, A.J. Brown and them. So I'm wondering, if you got any info on these guys, why they didn't get drafted, and if you throw these guys, these five guys, into the mix with the nine draft picks that we got, right, that's 14 guys that were rated as draft picks, draft eligible players on most guys' boards. So that's a hell of a haul right there, man. And I'm telling you, Mike Mayer.
drafted free agents is that's where he's going to make his money. I wouldn't be surprised if Coney pushes a guy like like Kabinda off the team. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't be surprised if Doss pushes a guy like um, you know a guy like maybe Aitman off the team as well because Doss is a bigger body guy. He's like six three, I think, like two oh eight, something like that. He's put together a pretty good highlight reel. So are these guys, uh, you know? character issues or what what happened with these guys and why did they flip out of the draft did you have any info on that i know you got more uh intel than the than most of us and then uh man bro on the cleveland farrell thing if you look at his tape compared to this guy bosa you tell me where the difference is and they're playing with the same level of competition this guy bosa's got an injury history i'm i realize that you are starting to lean more towards, all right, I, I, I like the pick, but at first you were surprised. First, everybody was surprised, right? I, I, I don't see where the surprise was. I got to be honest. This guy, <laughs> this guy's got tape that put is right up there with Bosa. He didn't run the 40, which I'm a, I, was, I thought was a little bit concerning, and I thought that that's what dropped him down draft boards, but 40 times don't matter, and we all know that. <laughs> so let's be realistic. This guy could be a great pick for us at number four, and most people probably dropped him down into the 15s, 20s, whatever they were doing, because he didn't run the 40 at the combine, so he didn't have that speed check on him, and that just scares people away. That used to be Raiders, right? Raiders used to be a 40-time magnet, right? It only mattered what your 40-time was, but now, right, Max in there, and he knows, right? We... We don't care about the 40 time, and we ain't going to ask this guy to run a 40-yard dash in the middle of a game. You know what I mean? So that's where we need to keep our our focus is watch the tape. What Mayock is all about is the tape. And if you look at the tape between Bosa and Farrell, this is it's very similar. It's almost the same tape, and the stats are actually more leaning towards Farrell being a better player, and he's played with the same level of competition. So – uh, and I don't know if they played against each other and how they did in the game, but you should look that up too. And that's another question that I have is how did they do if they faced off against each other because I know those are two big schools. I don't know if they played during their times when they were in college together, but it would be interesting to see who dominated in that game, who picked up, you know, who who stepped it up and, and who came to play. So, anyway, uh, and one last comment. We got champions all across our team. You know what I mean? Champions, even with these undrafted free agent guys, we got – uh, high pedigree championship type, uh, um, all of our first four picks. You know what I mean? Actually, and including Renfro there, championship pedigree. So, um, anyway, thank you. Appreciate, uh, the podcast, bro. You're doing a re- uh, great job. I've been listening for the last few months and I just wanted to get my first call in, drop a few little tidbits on there, ask a few questions and see if you could do some research, maybe give you some topics for uh, future pods because I'm interested to know about these free agents and how you project for these guys uh, to, to fit into the roster. I feel like they might be pushing some guys. He was talking about the undrafted free agents. Uh, and I'm not sure about all the guys. I, I, I ain't going to lie to you. I'm not even going to try to pretend and know about all the guys. But I hear Coney, the linebacker from Notre Dame, he had a couple minor issues off the field as as a youngster, basically as a sophomore. I know he got uh, arrested on gun charges and, 
and uh, weed charges. But that was as a sophomore. He ended on going on to uh, you know playing his senior year at, at Notre Dame, and he was a guy that a lot of people had projected in the second round. So I'm not 100 percent sure why he didn't get drafted, but he didn't. He simply uh, slid through the cracks, I guess. And then uh, you also mentioned uh, Doss, the the wide receiver out of uh, UC Davis. I heard he had a minor pec injury, and that stopped him from doing some workouts that dropped him. But he was a Senior Bowl guy. That's where Mike Mayock first got to know him and develop a relationship. And uh, he had a lot of teams that were going after him as an undrafted free agent, but he grew up a Raiders fan. He lived locally, and uh, he just wanted to be a member of the Silver and Black. So besides that, I'm not sure about the other guys. I will do some extra research and, and ask around for you, but that's really all the answers I got. But I appreciate that call. Dynamic Raider 26. Next up today, we got Doc B from Iowa. He's calling in to talk about all things draft and what he liked about the players that the Raiders brought in. Then he talked about a 2020 mock draft already. Yeah, 2020 mock draft already. Here's my man Doc B from Iowa. Q, Doc B from the Hawkeye State. Hey, I'm so glad you played that audio from Peter King and those guys talking. I was going to call on that and speak on that. Uh, I thought it was pretty interesting to hear how Mike Mayock kept Gruden in, in check where he wanted to to move up and I was getting a little nervous about losing Jacobs and, and then uh, uh, Abrams there at the, at the end. And uh, I was had read something where they were possibly going to go and get Montez Sweat there at that 27 pick. And so I was kind of bummed when the skins moved in there and took him. But it sounds like they were wanting to move up even another spot closer and to take Abrams. So, um, so actually, it doesn't sound like it was too bad it worked out that way. Um, so, anyway, I'm good with all the picks they had. Uh, really like Cleveland Farrell. The more I hear about everything, the more I look into it. I'm, I'm glad they didn't get Boza. I did not want them to get Boza. Uh, of course, they went Murray. Quinn uh, um, Williams would have been would have been good. So, uh, a little bummed like you were on that one. And was surprised at the number four pick, but sounds like that was a, a really good one. So, I'm uh, real happy with how everything turned out. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like I've been telling before the draft, He's got to trust Mayock and Gruden, and I think they're doing a good job. That uh, you know they're the experts; they know they know what they're doing. So um, we just had to trust them, and I think they they are doing what they need to. And uh, I also warned you know everybody beforehand that you know, we fall in love with these players, and um, we have got a way we think the draft needs to go. And when it doesn't turn out, you get a little disappointed. But uh, now that the, the dust has settled, I think everybody should be pretty happy with where things are at, even if. They, uh, the Raiders didn't pick up their, you know, their guy. Um, I think we'll be happy with all these picks. But um, a little, a little uh, interesting thing we're here looking forward to. I don't know if you saw like the very next day after the. I don't even think the draft was completely over yet, but they were already they're already doing the 2020 draft, and there was one out there that's got the Raiders with the number one pick, picking Tua already. And so, well, you know what that means? Things are going to be the worst team in the NFL next year. So I just don't see that happening. So kind of dumb. Just kind of like that. That draft that had that mock draft that had them moving up to number two to pick Drew Locke. So that's just craziness. But anyway, that's all I get, Q. Um, Dr. P out. Good stuff right there. Good stuff right there. Don't tell me nothing about no 2020 mock draft right now. Please don't tell me nothing about a 2020 mock draft. And I get it, man. Some people think the Raiders are going to be the worst team in the league. Some people think they'll be the best team in the league. Who knows? Let's let the season play out. Let's let 2019 play out, at least like halfway through before we start looking at mock drafts of 2020. Deal? Deal. Not you, Doc B. I'm just talking about guys that are putting out those mock drafts already. Diego in Georgia. He's up next. He's calling in to give his thoughts and feelings on the draft, who the Raiders were able to come away with, including Cleveland Farrell at number four, and why he likes him as a player. And then he spoke on the national media showing the Raiders love and what he thinks of it. Chew! What's up, man? This is Diego calling out of Georgia. You already know. Uh, Fairburn, Georgia. 
which is south of Atlanta, about 40 minutes. Anyway, um, as always, doing a great job on the show, man. And uh, the draft, I think it was a pretty good draft. I mean, I didn't know every name on there, but, you know, when I looked at the people, you know, the people that I didn't really know, you know, like, I mean, these people know how to play. These guys know how to play. You know, it's not like, and, and you know what, the people were saying, you know, a little bit of a reach for Cleveland Farrell or Farrell or however you say his last name, but you know what, man, it's not like, uh, if you look at the past two drafts, I think, I mean, Carl Joseph, I feel like that may have been a reach. You know, uh, Colton Miller, that was a reach. You know, and then those guys weren't even like, you know, they didn't even pan out. Uh, well, you know, they, they're, they're decent. They're decent, you know, but they weren't, they didn't have that wow factor. And Cleveland Farrell, like, I don't care what anybody says. I mean, when he plays, man, he, he does have, you know, a, an exciting, maybe not wow factor, but he's definitely exciting to watch. And, you know, all the guys that we got, you know, you, you watch, you know, even the guys that really didn't uh, play all that long, you know, like they, they, we have some good players, you know, and I like that they didn't, you know, uh, trade down in the first round and just that stayed pat, you know, that that was good. But um anyway, uh and as far as, you know, the media giving us love giving us love and the Raiders love, I mean, it, it's cool, man, but you know what? Uh wasn't it was it two years ago, you know, they were giving us so much love, telling us we're gonna win the Super Bowl and then as soon as we as soon as the Raiders were doing bad, oh, everyone was talking smack. Um so <laughs> You know, just just be patient. Uh, and, you know, I'm not saying the Raiders are going to do bad. I don't think they're going to do bad. I think they're going to do pretty decent. Um, but, you know, I would just tell Raider Nation and everyone else, you know, I just, you know, don't, don't listen to the media because they're the first ones to talk smack after they've said good things about us. So that's all I got to say. Um, oh, yeah, and uh, Marine World, uh, that's Six Flags now. <laughs> from the last podcast. Anyway, you guys take it easy. Bye. Diego and George, appreciate that call. He also put me up on game about Marine World and Vallejo. That's dope. I love Marine World. At least I used to love Marine World. I haven't been there, obviously, forever. Never, never knew it turned into Six Flags, but still, Marine World was always really, really cool. I think, matter of fact, Marine World, I think, uh, I think a bird, I think I stood in Marine World with a bird on my arm, a little white like parakeet or something. I don't know. I can't remember, but I think when I was a little kid, my mom would probably text me and be like, no, that wasn't Marine World. That was so-and-so. Either way, uh, my mom took me, so shout out to Mama Q. Anna, Section 207, Row 26 in the East Bay. That's right, Anna, Section 207, Row 26 in the East Bay. She's up next. She's calling in to talk about the podcast, how long she's been listening, and matter of fact, how long she's been a Raiders fan and why. Also, her thoughts on the draft. It's a real quick call, but very meaningful call, and oh, by the way, she's a new booty collar. <laughs> Anna, section 207, row 26 in the East Bay. She's up. How you doing, Q? First time caller here. My name is Anna. Um, you call me Anna, section 207, row 26. That's my season seat. And I'm in the East Bay. I just wanted to say I love what you're doing with the show. Been listening since day one. And actually probably 
a little before that, East Hilton and the Bill Williamson days. And no, no, you know, I'm not trying to shit on him at all, but, you know, I I love what you've done to the show. You've taken it to the next level. Um, Shouted back and forth on you with Twitter a couple of times. We offered you our, our third seat in the black hole, so I just want to say I love what the Raiders have done with the draft. I have been a fan since 76. My mom was a fan. Um, she passed away a few years ago, so I feel like every time I watch them, every time we're sitting there in the seat, tailgating with my uncle, my husband, and my cousin, I feel like she's right there with us. So keep up the good work. Thank you much. Great story right there. And, yes, we have exchanged uh, Twitter messages before. I appreciate that. Uh, you guys showing a lot of love. You and your husband showing a lot of love, telling me that uh, I can come hang out in the black hole with you and you guys would offer up that third ticket. Man, that's awesome. Definitely going to have to take you up on that at some point. We're going to figure out what game we're all going to go to, and uh, we'll make that happen. I love your uh, your little name either. Anna, section 207, row 26 in the East Bay. So, hey, if you guys go to the game, go by and see Anna and her husband or family. Say what's up to them and let them know that you heard her on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Next up, Knife. From the 559 represent Fresno. Fresno, stand up. Shout out to uh, Little Q, his school, Roosevelt. That's where Little Q goes to. Anyway, uh, yeah, Knife from Fresno. He's up next. He's calling to talk about the national media, giving the Raiders props, what he feels that realistically means. Also, what it will take for this team to be successful in 2019. Here's Knife from the 559 repping Fresno. Hey, Q, this is Knife from the 559 here in Fresno. Just got done listening to your podcast, brother. Man, just keep hammering them out, dude. You're just, you're nailing it, bro. Um, I want to call on all the media that's just hyping up the Raiders right now. I have a saying I've been using for a while, dude. It's called, when optimism meets reality. And that's that's what's going on here. And in my honest opinion, if the Raiders are going to be 8-8 eight and eight or better, I really believe that the offense has to really kick off. Now, we know back when Gruden was here before, we had Tim Brown, Jerry Rice, Charlie Garner, Tyrone Whitley, those guys were key in our offense, but it really came from Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon was the key that made that offensive go for John Gruden. So this year, if we're going to be 8-8 eight and eight or better, I really do believe this is Derek Carr's year. If Derek Carr and John Gruden get on the same page, continue to move this thing forward, Carr balls out, I really believe that this team does have a shot to be 8-8 eight and eight or better, but it's really going to take Carr to really understand Gruden's offense, really take his game to the next level, He's got all the weapons with Josh, Josh Jacobs now. He's got Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams. He's got weapons. He's got a lot of things going for him. I'm excited for the season, but I'm not ready to jump on those 10 and 6. You know, I may push 8 and 8, but that's, that's, that's big. You know, we still got to see how this young defensive line pass rush really comes together. Our linebackers, I think it's still a question mark. We got some old cats in there. They may get injured. They may not, but there's enough to be excited about, but just, we all just need to pump the brakes a little bit, that preseason kick off, and just wait because we never know. When optimism meets reality, it's reality that we're looking at, not the optimism. All right, dude. Thanks for listening, man, and uh, I'll call you next time. Go Raiders. Hey, thank you for that call, my man. I, I kind of find it so funny that I got a story behind like everybody's name or, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, he's from Fresno. Hey, I know somebody in Fresno. Or, hey, he's in Vallejo. Hey, there's Marine World. Or, I don't know, man. Hey, that's that ADD kicking in. I'm all over the place sometimes, but I, <laughs> I have a lot of fun with it. There's no mistake in why I got into the job that I got into. I was always that guy, and here goes another one of my stories. I was always that guy in school that got busted for being the most talkative. You know, that guy in the yearbook is like, who's the most talkative in class? Q. I was always that guy. So when I went to my 20th high school reunion and they said, hey, what are you doing now? I told them, oh, I work in radio. They, 
Yeah, of course you do. There's no mistake in that whatsoever. We always knew you were going to be a talker. So, yeah, there you go. So uh, if I ever just go off on some side tangent or some side rant, that's why. I can't help myself, Raider Nation. It's just who I am. Next up, Raider C's in the OC. He's calling in to talk about the draft, also talking about the national media love, possible expectations from this year's team, and then he talks about Isaiah Crowell tearing his Achilles. He says ACL, but he means Achilles. So uh, here's Raider C's in the OC. Thank you. This is Ray Perseus in the OC. Um, calling to say, wow, what a what a great draft we had, and um, definitely looks a lot better for us. Um, uh, I was just listening to your to your podcast uh, from Tuesday, and and hearing about what what uh, what they said on um, the I can't remember that station. Or that they're always talking crap about the Raiders, but um, but yeah, I I definitely think that we do have a chance to win the AFC West. Uh, that's because you know Tyree Hill, uh, he's more likely going to be suspended, so uh, the Chiefs are going to have um, a lot of struggles. They lost a lot of defensive players, so they're definitely not the same kind of team. Um, and of course, they still have to have that hard schedule since you know they won AFC West, so. Um, dealing with the schedules, you know, Chargers are usually pretty good anyways. And, um, so maybe they struggle, maybe they don't. So I think it honestly comes down to if, if we could win one, just one more game than the Chargers, we should be fine. The Broncos typically have problems with, um, with, with new quarterbacks and, you know, they just usually struggle. Um, uh, I'm sure you already talked about this, but, uh, Corwell, our running back, for his ACL, uh, probably not a surprise. Uh, good thing we didn't, you know, invest too much in him, but you know, gives Josh Jacobs and um, a chance as as well as Chris Warren the third. I definitely believe in Chris Warren, even though I believe Josh Jacobs will be better. But I think those two could be pretty good. Obviously, add in Jalen Richard and get you a three-headed monster right there. So uh, yeah, uh, sorry about that long pause. I'm trying to remember that station. Um, but yeah, it definitely looks good. Um, and now I'm, I'm sure that everybody now has to kind of jump on the, jump in the carpool. Um, and very happy about that. So, all right, later. Good call. Appreciate that, my man. And, uh, PFT. Pro Football Talk. I think that's the show that you were thinking of. That's the one that uh, I had featured on the on the podcast on Wednesday. A couple more calls for you, or at least one more call. JR in South Carolina. Matter of fact, this will be the last call. We'll shut it down after this. He's calling in for the very first time, which means he's a nobody. What's up, JR? But really, he's calling to talk draft and give his thoughts, especially about the Clemson players. He also tells an awesome story about a fourth first-round draft pick and what he was able to do. A fourth first-round draft pick? What does he mean? Well, he'll tell you himself. JR in South Carolina. Yo, Q, this is JR from Charleston, South Carolina, man. This is my first time calling, so you know what you would say. I'm a new booty, but I've been listening for a while now, you know, since back in what I call him, Boring Bill. Just short and sweet, just cutting it off. But I've been listening to Banner for the past couple years. Love what you and James do. Just wanted to keep it short and sweet, you know, talk about the draft. But uh, since I live in South Carolina, Raider Nation's going to love Clemson players that we drafted, man. Uh, with uh, Farrell and Renfro, we got two 
hard-nosed players on both sides of the ball that Raider Nation is going to love that we've been lacking. Bust their ass. They want to prove to their teammates and the fans what their worth is. I mean, I'm, I can't tell you how excited I am for all the draft picks we got. It's just, I can't, oh, I can't wait, man. Uh, but personally for me, on draft day on the first round, I had four first round picks. But, uh, for, I had my uh, baby girl a couple hours right before the draft, so it was freaking awesome. Made the day even more special. And I know Rainer Nation's going to love this. I'm still amazed I pulled this shit. Oh, sorry. Sorry for the language. Pulled this off. Her name is Oakland. O-A-K-L-Y-N. So paying homage to my uh, my other family. My wife knows I bleed silver and black all day, every day. But, uh... I guess I gotta get back to it. IQ, keep doing what you do, man. You're the best. I look forward to the podcast every day. All your podcasts. Alright, nation. Hope you all having a good week. JR, out. Nice, nice, nice. That's why this is gonna be the last call because that's a mic drop moment, man. He named his baby girl who was born right before the draft, Oakland. That's awesome. I wish I came up with something creative like that. That was real deal creativity right there. What a way to pay homage. That's a real way to show that you're a a Raider fan. Uh, I like that. Great, great job, JR in South Carolina. That's awesome. Uh, Man, again, mic drop moment. Much respect to you. So uh, I'm just going to drop the mic there. There's nothing else to say. That was a great call. Appreciate that. Great story. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I promise you, on Friday's show, you will hear from Chris Plank. (laughs) All right? I had to go with the audible because of the Crowell injury news. So on Friday's show, you're going to hear from my man Chris Plank at Plank show on Twitter. Again, he does radio up in Oklahoma for Sooner Sports Radio. He's also on Fox Sports Radio. You're going to hear from him. Matter of fact, he's also from Tulsa, so he's got some good story on Josh Jacobs as well. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm telling you, it's going to be it's going to be a, a good, good show on Friday. You will enjoy it, but uh, you will hear from Chris Plank in his entirety. The whole show will be the Chris Plank interview. Trust me, it's a good one. You'll hear that on Friday's show, and hopefully you enjoyed this one, and hopefully it's not too long. It probably is, but you know how I roll sometimes. So until Friday, as always, Raider Nation, appreciate all the love, appreciate all the calls and the support. As always, just win, baby.